It's a What Clancy Got Wrong Wednesday on Lockdown Cardinals, part of your Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. This podcast, of course, powered by our friends at Built Bar. Head over to oldbuiltbar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, all in one word, and you can save yourself $10 off your first box, your first order from Built Bar. Just head over to builtbar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. Of course, it's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Boy, oh boy. It's like former Arizona Diamondbacks uh, broadcast play-by-play man Tom Brenneman. Boy, oh boy, do we have a big old podcast for you, man. If it being a what Clancy got wrong, my co-host Alex Clancy, who he handles Tuesdays and Thursdays here on this podcast, and I was listening to his Tuesday podcast yesterday, and do yourself a favor, if you can stomach the podcast, it was just a hot take storm. It was. It's like Alex Clancy got food poisoning and was just vomiting hot take after hot take. He did a top five best and top five worst Steve Kime moves. And man, did he, he, he has one glaring omission that I think absolutely just discredits his list altogether. We're going to get into that conversation. Of course, I'm your host, Bob Rock. Give me a follow at Bob Rack. Follow Clancy. Hit him up. Tell him how awful his list is at Clancy's Corner. Follow the show at Locked on AZ Cards. Uh, we're going to get into that discussion. Plus, Cliff Kingsbury, like Kyler Murray, is a trendy candidate for some 2020 hardware. What are K2's biggest obstacles in winning the NFL Coach of the Year honors? There's one big one in particular that I want to bring up. With everybody excited about Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, and the Arizona Cardinals passing game, and what it's going to do in 2020, running back Kenyon Drake is poised to take off like a rocket this upcoming season. That's your Locked on Cardinals lead story. I'm your host, Bo Brock. Without a whole lot of fanfare, Arizona Cardinals running back Kenyon Drake is focused and primed for a monster season. Drake tells the team website, azcardinals.com, quote, I feel like my ceiling is as high as I'll take it, close quote. What a difference a year makes. At this point, last offseason, the Arizona Cardinals coaches, fans, fantasy experts even, or anyone with any stake in the franchise was baking on David Johnson for a resurgence. DJ was coming off a season that himself and the franchise wanted to rip from the organization's history and light it on fire. Many believe Cliff Kingsbury's offense, Johnson could recapture the success that he had in 2016 with over 2,000 yards from scrimmage and 20 touchdowns. The K-Raid Air Raid offense could be the solution to what was deemed a misutilization of the running back in 2018. Johnson was held under 1,000 yards rushing despite starting in all 16 games for the Redbirds in 2018. It was limited to 3.7 yards per carry. Johnson was locked into a lucrative deal. He was primed, ready to go. The results early were encouraging. Over the first six weeks of the 2019 season, Johnson was off to a solid start with over 600 yards from scrimmage and five touchdowns. Then DJ suffered an ankle injury. He was limited to three snaps against the New York Giants in a win. And backup Chase Edmonds went off for the Cardinals with their first 100-yard rushing game of the season in three scores. Fantasy football talking head Matthew Berry was pissed. People wanted to see more of Edmonds. Was the second year back out of Fordham going to Wally Pip DJ? That speculation didn't last long as Edmonds injured his hamstring the next game and his gigantic opportunity to vie for more of a role was nearly over before it began. 
Cardinals general manager Steve Keim and the Cardinals were scrambling on a short week with Thursday night football coming up for a healthy running back. Ken Drake enters the chat. Keim takes advantage of a rebuilding Miami Dolphins organization and deals a late-round pick for the Alabama product. In his primetime debut, Drake immediately made his presence known. 36 yards on his first carry as an Arizona Cardinal and capped the offense's opening drive with a four-yard trip to the end zone. Drake torched one of the league's best defenses in the NFL, the San Francisco 49ers, for over 160 yards from scrimmage, including 110 on the ground and a touchdown. I was torn. I was actually furious because my fantasy opponent inexplicably played Drake in our matchup. KD was running the football at another gear than the other running backs for the Cardinals. His burst was noticeable. It matched exactly what Cliff Kingsbury needed from the position. It was a quiet four weeks for Drake as the other running backs got healthier and the coaching staff was trying to fine-tune, figure out the correct snaps and touches in that rotation. Kenyon then went off in the final three weeks of the regular season, secured himself the bag, at least for the 2020 year. Matthew Berry is even excited about what the Cardinals' new bell cow could do in 2020. Drake averaged 18.9 touches per game after coming over to Arizona, over 101 yards from scrimmage, and eight touchdowns, tied for third among players over that span. He was the third best running back in fantasy football, nearly 20 points per game. And Drake's a good pass catcher, nearly five targets per game, was 10th among running backs. In eight games for the Cardinals, Drake, he had 643 rushing yards, 5.2 yards per carry, scored eight touchdowns. The dual threat back also had 28 catches for 171 yards. If you extrapolate those 814 yards over 16 games, Drake would be 8th in the NFL in yards from scrimmage in 2019. Despite an injury-riddled college career, Drake hasn't missed an NFL game due to injury. He had a few small opportunities to become a lead back for the franchise in flux in Miami. He's back in the same situation as he was last season, this season, playing for his next deal. Kenyon tells the team website that he's not worried about playing under the one-year transition tag that's worth over $8 million in 2020. Quote, I feel like anybody who plays this game is obviously looking for the stability and long-term contract. But we got a deal done where we are currently, and everything else will take care of itself. All I can do is focus on the things I can control. I'm excited to put in the work in now and let everything else handle itself at the appropriate time. Drake sounds focused. His addition at midseason last year gave Cliff Kingsbury's offense the much-needed balance and catapulted the rush game that was at the bottom of the NFL in 2018 to a top-10 rushing team in 2019. The air raid offense may play its hits in 2020 with Kyler, New Hopkins, and Larry Fitz, but Drake is the key to the overall offensive success next season. It's Locked On Cardinals, part of your Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, and it's a What Clancy Got Wrong Wednesday, and boy... Man, on the heels of yesterday's podcast, I was floored by his list, his top five list of best and worst moves by Steve Keim. Some glaring omissions, some head-scratching, head-shaking, and almost smacking submissions to his lists. We're going to go through it. We're just going to absolutely just tear this thing apart. Lockdown Cardinals, part of your Lockdown Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at Lockdown AZ Cards and at Bob Rack. So I'm telling anybody that will listen to me that I'm attempting to get into shape. 
And I feel like I've done a pretty good job, at least since being in quarantine. I've been consistent with it. I've been getting out there. I've been running a lot more. I've been working out. And just yesterday, like I said, I'm telling anybody who will listen, I ran four miles. That's absurd. If you had told me at any point in my life that I was going to run four miles, I would have told you you're crazy. What was I running from? But I ran four miles yesterday, and after I was done, I was ready to maybe recoup some calories, put some fuel into my body. Now, as much as I wanted to go to the closest McDonald's and devour number one Super Size, a little Big Mac, and just stuff it in my gullet, I knew better. I didn't want to just ruin all the work that I put in. And the perfect recipe for that is a Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever because they're tasty. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. 16 amazing flavors, 8 chocolate nut flavors, 8 chocolate nut-free flavors for those who either don't like nuts or allergic to nuts. You've got your 8 options. Bars are covered 100% chocolate, soft, easy to chew, and let's not forget, they're great for the health-conscious person. A guy like myself, if I want to lose, maintain weight... While indulging in a delicious treat, the Built Bar is where it's at. Bars are low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber. You're not just throwing away your workout. You're getting 20 grams of protein, 170 calories. This is a flavor profile for your peanut butter brownie. 3 grams of sugar and 3 grams of net carbs. It's a slam dunk. Offer right now at BuiltBar.com is one you can't pass up. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's all one word and you'll get $10 off your first order. That's the promo code LOCKEDON, one word, for 10 bucks off your first order at BuiltBar.com. I was a big old fan of the match that went down over the weekend. What was it, Sunday? Where we were treated by Phil Mickelson, Tom Brady, that duo, Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning. Just loved every second of it. It was To me, it's fascinating to get insight. I mean, I know Tiger Woods was pretty much quiet the entire time, but the insight from a man like Phil Mickelson, who was just, despite them being down for the entire match, his, him, his confidence not waning in his playing partner, which is shocking in Tom Brady. To see Tom Brady go out there and struggle, I think, like anybody, everybody, all, all of us, were like, hey, we were Tom Brady for most of that match. Until he dunked it from like 170 yards out uh, on a par five for a birdie. He was in and four on a par five. Just to see, that's what's so interesting to me, and I wish we could get more glimpses of this, is watching guys who are at the top of their profession, Brady and Manning, certainly fit that bill, uh, trying a different sport. And necessarily, you just can't do it. You can't just, you know, we've seen Michael Jordan play baseball before. Um, you know, we've seen just, we've, we've got a little taste of it, but we haven't seen, you know, golf gives you that opportunity, right? And, and Peyton Manning was, I mean, I was not shocked to see that he's a good golfer, but, uh, the, the shots that he was pulling out of his bag were incredible. And then to see the pros, uh, you know, Tiger quietly having a great round and then Phil, uh, just doing what he does, you know, he uncorked a a drive on a, on a drivable par four and it had everything I wanted, and Tom Brady fulfilled like the smack talk that we needed. Peyton Manning, of course, uh, his subtle jabs were were incredible. But uh, just to watch that unfold, I was all in, and I'm an absolute mark for that kind of stuff. The match 2.0 delivered absolutely. Um, 
I, I don't know how they're going to replicate that. I mean, I think I saw Phil Mickelson was uh, vying for uh, Michael Jordan, maybe even Steph Curry, two guys who are known for their prowess, obviously on the hardwood, but maybe even on the links as well. Uh, the match, big fan of the match. It's Locked On Cardinals, part of your Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Bo Brock. Give me a follow on Twitter, at Bob Rack. This episode powered by our friends over at Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Save yourself some cash. Get $10 off your first order by using the promo code locked on at BuiltBar.com. So Clancy, co-host, he handles Tuesdays and Thursdays on this podcast. He tried his best yesterday, but I was listening and I was infuriated. Like many of you, I see you guys on social media. Uh, it was a podcast where he gave his list of the top five best moves and the top five worst moves by Arizona Cardinals general manager Steve Kime. And if you want to listen to it, I'm not going to give you, I'm not going to disclose all his selections, but I mean, if you listen, you'll hear most of them. And I'm going to pretty much dissect because it was so, it was so off. I just don't think he was close with this list. I was like, have you, I know because I've been your colleague for so many years that you've been in the market, you've been following the Arizona Cardinals nearly as long as I have. But I feel like we're not even watching the same thing. I mean, it's it was disrespectful to a few on the worst list and what their contributions were as Arizona Cardinals. And then there was a glaring, terrible omission that I think just even discredits the list. I mean, the one I think of it as far as who's on the worst list that doesn't belong there was Dalen Buchanan. I'm kind of indifferent as far as Dalen Buchanan's concerned in his his Cardinals career, of course, as a first-round pick. You would have loved more of an impact. But I thought as far as the production and what Dalen Buchanan and playing his role and making the move from safety to linebacker and – he was, uh, I believe, at at some point he was he was close to making a Pro Bowl, but he he was he was his role was, I think, uh, undervalued, underrated. Uh, it didn't translate into a second deal with the Cardinals, and you know he's gone on, he's moved on. But I I, I have no problem with Dan Buchanan. I actually, you know, and it's it's like, it's not a tough list to crack because it's been so bad. But as far as Steve Keim first-round draft picks, I actually don't think Dan Buchanan was that bad. I mean, I'm grading on a curve, but I, Dan Buchanan was fine. He had Kyler Murray number three on his best list. And he, his reasoning was, this was Clancy's weird reasoning, was that it's because it's too early. We haven't seen like the finished product. Obviously, he, like you know, with the opening the window. Thank you, Clancy, for Kyler Murray to leap up the list. But he had DeAndre Hopkins number one. Oh, let's wait and see what Kyler Murray does. That's why he's at number three. But let's give the number one move, best move that Steve Steve Kimes made uh, to the guy that we don't know is he going to be the same guy he was in Houston. I'd like to think he is. But 
And it also included David Johnson's contract. Look, I, I think that absolutely is a top-five move by Steve Kime. Not only that he pulled one over on the Texans, he was able to offload a bad contract and bring in a top uh, consensus top-three wide receiver. But Kyler Murray was a franchise-changing move. And Kyler Murray was not, without a doubt, the top pick in the 2019 NFL draft. I mean, there were organizations... Maybe you can look at the Oakland Raiders at the time. Maybe you can look at the New York Giants, who were the second team to take a quarterback in that draft off the board at six. But it's tough to kind of target who was going to target Kyler Murray in the 2019 draft. It really seemed like in order for him to be the number one pick, it was going to be the Cardinals or nobody else. I mean, it was otherwise it was going to be a guy like Nick Boser, maybe even Quinn Williams, who ended up going to, I think, the Jets at three. Nobody was targeting Murray with the top pick. Steve Keim took that chance, and he saw it as the perfect fit for his now first-year head coach, Cliff Kingsbury, and him being successful, that ended up just changing the direction of a sinking franchise. The quarterback position is so significant, so important, that despite winning the trade over the Texans, I mean, that is just so important. I mean, it's taking a franchise that didn't know, it didn't have a direction after Bruce Arians had left. They were just rudderless. They failed in their first attempt to find a a head coach. They failed miserably in trying to find their successor to Carson Palmer at the quarterback position. Kyler Murray changed all that narrative. I was. I also thought, you know, not having Tyron Matthew is one of the top five best moves. I thought that was pretty atrocious. Tyron Matthew. I mean, here's a guy that nobody was touching the honey badger after he had his issues at LSU. As uh, Stephen A. says, he loved the weed. They picked him in the third round, surrounded him with some great peers, mentors, developed him into a defensive player of the year candidate. He got an extension. Now the extension wasn't a great move. It actually ended up being the end of his Cardinals career. Didn't want to take a pay cut. Cardinals had to scrounge up some money. Honey Badger was coming off uh, knee surgery. I mean, he played every every some of the most snaps in the NFL the previous season, but his impact wasn't nearly as much. He's kind of a shell of himself before the ACL injury. But he was a defensive player of the year candidate. He's back to that caliber of player. Helped the Chiefs to a Super Bowl. But not having Sam Bradford on the worst list basically moves this list completely into conversation over. We're talking to a madman. Sam Bradford signing the deal that he did with the resume and the results is probably the worst move in franchise history. Bradford signed a two-year deal worth $15 million guaranteed. It was two years, could make $20 million bucks. And this is the results that it yielded. He started three games, he went 0-3, threw for 400 yards in three games with two touchdowns, four picks, and fumbled three times. Listen to, th- listen to this. How Bradford ended his Arizona Cardinals tenure. Week three. This was his final start. 
final game action of the 2018 NFL season. So the Cardinals take on the Bears in week three of that year. They're 0-2. The offense completely non-existent. Was it six points in eight quarters? It scored six points uh, against the Washington Redskins in the opener, and then I think they got shut out. So Bradford throws a touchdown on two of the first three drives of the game. Both of the touchdown drives in the first quarter. And then after the... And then after the... uh, (laughs) It's absurd. After that first quarter, from quarter two through four, it it wasn't just crickets. Because this is what the offense does after the first quarter. Punt, punt, punt. And you're like, okay, stagnant offense. And then Sam Bradford gets uh, just completely rattled. Pick, pick, fumble. Bears won the game 16-14. to The the defense for the Cardinals could barely get off the field. Enough for uh, Steve Wilkes at that point to enter a rookie Josh Rosen into the game, who does come into the game. He throws another pick, seals the game for the Bears. He was benched, released a few weeks later. That is, is such a bad move. And the fact that it's not on that list... I, I don't know. It just happened in 2018. Hell, the Cardinals were paying Sam Bradford $5 million. He was $5 million against the cap and dead money last season. Like that nightmare, actually, if, unbeknownst to many Cardinals fans, it lasted through 2019, despite all the success that Kyler Murray was having. And there was another move that he had on his worst moves by Steve Keim that I think, uh, I, I just, I, I, I'm not, I don't put too much stock into it. I'll tell you what it is here on Locked On Cardinals. Give us a follow on Twitter at Locked On Easy Cards. Follow me, Bo Brock, at Bob Rack. It's Locked On Cardinals, part of your Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, Cliff Kingsbury, the Arizona Cardinals head coach, K2, is a trendy pick like Kyler Murray for some hardware at the end of the 2020 season. Uh, you know, Kyler Murray, six best odds. He's tied with Tom Brady for NFL offensive MVP. And we've talked about that and what it would take, what kind of statistical jump it would take for Kyler Murray to be in that conversation, plus what the Arizona Cardinals as a team would have to do uh, in order to make that a reality. And it's a lot of winning. MVPs, they win a lot. I mean, over the last five to ten years, it's somewhere around 13 wins a year for an NFL MVP. It's a, a, ton, a ton of winning, and that goes for the coach of the year as well. John Harbaugh, him and Lamar Jackson, they did it last, you know, last season. They went 14 and 2. Lamar had the insane crazy statistics, insane crazy year. Uh the previous year was Matt Nagy and the Bears Bears won 12 games. Sean McVay in 2017, what he did with the Rams. You know, following the disaster that was I'm not going 7 and F and 9 Jeff Fisher, McVay Takes the same roster almost and goes eleven and five. He gets the, there's eleven wins. Jason Garrett and the Cowboys they go thirteen and three. Ron Rivera and the Panthers they go fifteen one. Bruce Arians won the Coach of the Year when the Cardinals kind of surprised a lot of people by going eleven and five. And that was with an injury riddled roster. If we all remember, that was the next man up Arizona Cardinals team. And uh, you know, BA would won it before, of of course, uh, in relief of. Uh, Chuck Pagano, who was uh, battling cancer, and and Bruce Arians led the uh, the Colts at that time to a nine and three record and a playoff appearance. 
I think it was it uh, Andrew Luck's first season. It was just a great, incredible coaching job that catapulted Bruce Arians to a head coaching job with the Cardinals. But the biggest obstacle, in my opinion, for K2 winning that hardware outside of the wins is Vance Joseph, and that kind of goes hand in hand, his defensive coordinator. I mean, we saw a couple guys in the conversation last year. Uh, I think the difference between, you know, obviously the 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 Ravens were a high-powered offense, but they really retooled that defense. Kind of on the fly, they, they make the deal for Marcus Peters. He comes over. The cornerback position from the Rams kind of cast aside from, from L.A. as they made the move for Jalen Ramsey. Uh, but their defense stepped up and made big plays. And you look at the guys who were kind of in high in voting. I mean, Kyle Shanahan obviously should have, he was in the conversation. Uh, you know, it, it took that San Francisco 49ers defense to be one of the best in the NFL for the Niners to really have the success that they, that they had in 2019. And, uh, I mean, you look at it just down the line. I mean, the Bears, they had a solid defensive effort in 2018. I mean, it was, it was Mitchell Trubisky went out there in his second season was it's like okay just don't don't lose the game we've got that good of a defense and Sean McVay obviously the we all knew the Rams like if he could get Jared Goff in his second season in a position to be successful it's interesting when you look at the last three play, coaches of the year you know they were coaching second year quarterbacks and I think that that's the easy dots to connect for Cliff Kingsbury and why he's a trendy coach. But it's all going to come down to, you know, can Vance Joseph, who's basically your head coach of your defense, can he make the adjustments? Can he bring this defense back from the dead? With the additions that Steve Kai made in free agency, can he, can he kind of take the defibrillator out and shock this defense back to life? It seems like the pieces are there. Uh, you know, Isaiah Simmons infusing it with young athleticism. Uh, it, it's going to be up to Vance Joseph to to put those pieces in the right uh, position to succeed. Uh, one thing I wanted to point out and continue that conversation about, uh, you know, what Clancy got wrong and as far as his, his top five best and worst moves from general manager Steve Keim. Uh, he, he was harping on letting Calais Campbell walk. After the uh, 2016 season, the Arizona Cardinals decided Calais Campbell at 30 years old, going into his age 31 season, Calais Campbell, they let him walk via free agency. Calais, who's a great locker room guy, uh, he signs a $60 million deal with Jacksonville. They become Saxonville. He gets $30 million guaranteed. Coming off a season with the Arizona Cardinals where he had eight sacks. He had five the previous season. He had seven the year before that. He had nine. They paid a guy $30 million guaranteed, $60 million overall, who'd never had double judges and sacks. To say at age 30 that Calais Campbell, who's a great story for the Arizona Cardinals, a great draft and developed guy, second round pick, out of Miami, but he has all the intangibles, all the size and athleticism that you want. It makes you salivate. Think of a player like that. You weren't getting what you wanted for the guy from the guy, and you had to make some decisions elsewhere on the roster. 
And then he goes off. He has 14 and a half sacks, 10 and a half sacks. He had six and a half last year. He's traded from Jacksonville. Jacksonville cut ties. He's, he's now going to go into his year 34, his 34 year old year with the Baltimore Ravens. The rich gets richer. But I, I don't look at that as a, as a bad move. I don't. If you, at the time, if you had said that, there, there was just something, there was a disconnect. As great of a player as Calais Campbell is and was, it, they weren't getting the consistent play from Campbell that merited the deal. Jacksonville was in a great cap situation to spend, maybe overspend on some free agents. The Cardinals weren't. And when they look at it, it's like eight sacks. We're going to give this guy $30 million guaranteed? That's a that's too risky. He wasn't like in the conversation for, you know, most disruptive defensive lineman, edge guy in, in the league. He, not even close. So I, I don't, I'm not going to sit there and harp on Steve Kime for letting Clay's Campbell walk. Great locker room guy. I think that the Cardinals would have benefited and keep finding a way to keep him, but I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to crush Steve Kime for not making that happen. That's just, I think when you look at all the variables involved in that, you realize that that's, that was a, a risky move for the Cardinals if, to pull off. On Friday, I think we can get back and revisit the conversation about what it would take for Cliff Kingsbury to win the 2020 NFL Coach of the Year. And we'll do exactly that. Give me a follow on Twitter. I'm your host, Bo Brock, at Bob Rack. Follow the show at Lockdown Easy Cards. As this wraps up this edition of Locked On Cardinals, now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Draft Dudes. Have a great Wednesday. We'll talk to you Friday.